Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Welcome everyone to Halloween Unleashed and I am your host Chris Morgan and this week we are going to break all the news and set all the records straight on the upcoming fan film Halloween 9, The Final Curse of Michael Myers. It is official that we are doing the trailer in September. We're going to film it in September. The tickets have already been booked. I'm going to New York. And uh, before we get into all the gritty details of all of that, just want to welcome each and every one of you that are listening all over the world. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making this trailer possible and what is hoping that is going to be a monumental installment into the franchise. Without each and every single one of you buying shirts and continuing to buy shirts through my site, that's WMPgear.com, WMPgear.com, and if you go to shop, you can go right there to apparel, and once you go to the apparel section, go to unisex t-shirt, you can go right on there, and you can pick out any t-shirt from the store that suits you, and all of that goes into helping make this trailer possible. Because there are some expenses, there are uh, things that we have to pay for, there are actors that we have to pay for, there are wardrobes that we have to pay for, there are uh, location permits that we have to pay for, I mean you name it we have to do it. So every little bit counts but it is official we're going to do it and thanks to all of you who have bought shirts or any type of merchandise that has pushed that. I want to thank each and every single one of you to sit here and just rattle off every single name that contributed. I can't. I'd be here all day. And you guys don't want to sit here and listen to names being thanked over and over and over and over and over again because there's so many and I cannot thank you enough. Every single one of you have made this happen. Every single one of you are dying for something to pop that is going to connect the old franchise together and put a bow on that old franchise before we can move on to the newer franchise stuff. Now let's go ahead and dive in. I'm going to be replaying today an interview that we did. We brought Marianne Hagen back to the show who played Kara Strode in Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. We brought her back to Halloween unleashed last June. This was after her six part series that, you know, talked about her time on Halloween 6. We recapped how um, it was perceived and how everything went on on her behalf and just tying up some loose questions that people still had. We allowed Colin so that she could talk to fans. Uh, you name it, it was great. It was a great time. But during that, during that meeting, we decided to go ahead and drop the bombshell of this potential fan film to be a sequel of sorts of Halloween six, but in the same sense, it was going to tie in Halloween H2O and Halloween resurrection. And this would technically be Halloween nine. So all of that is going to take place in this entire thing. And we're going to put a bow on the entire franchise as far as Michael's story and the story of the Strodes. And I mean, the entire hollow hollow verse as uh one of our listeners over over the pond says 
quite frequently in our podcast group, and we thank her for constantly throwing out ideas. Now, um, but we're going to play that interview here in just a little while, but what the reason that we're doing the trailer, I've been asked privately, hey, why not just raise the money and shoot the film? Well, that's a very, very, very good question. Um, first and foremost, fan films in general get usually a very bad rap. And what I mean by that is, I mean, come on, we've all been on YouTube, we've all seen the Autumn Harvest Halloween, and I'm just throwing out random names, this is an attack on any any fan film. I think anybody that picks up a camera and goes out and tries to do something, you have my utmost respect, because it's not easy. But um, but we've all seen them. We, we, we've seen them range from good production value to very bad production value, and a lot of them have that fan-made essence to them. We'll, we'll just say that. You know, it's not... You can tell it wasn't done in Hollywood or done by Hollywood producers or any Hollywood actors. And that's, and that's okay, you know, because, you know, these are typically extremely low budget, like talking a couple hundred dollars and they are just little side story pieces. And that's exactly what this is too, except we're bringing a a Hollywood flair to this production. Now we have first and foremost, on the production team, on the producing team, you have all Halloween 6 fans. So that, I mean, that right there should tell you something. That we're going to handle this with the utmost care. Now, for those of you that weren't fans of the, of the Thorn storyline, stay with me. I'm going to get to you in just a moment, okay? Um, because you're going to be, this is going to welcome you back to the franchise as well. And you're going to look at Halloween 6 a totally different way. So, uh, but... All the producers are Halloween fans, or Halloween 6 fans. Halloween fans, too. So, But more importantly, Halloween 6 fans were upset that they never got a continuation of the storyline that was started in 4, 5, and 6. Rightfully so. You know, I'm one of the guys that is right there with them. Now, from a dp perspective which is director of photography the guy that does all the lighting and sets sets the stage for the director to get the shots and get the get the angles and get the lighting and get the mood and get the feel you know like basically like my dean cundy of the franchise he is which by the way i'm directing if anybody didn't know but uh my dp is a halloween six fan so we're gonna go out of our way to try and recapture all the things that was loved about Halloween 6 visually. So that's another really exciting perspective. And he's got a lot of awards. And he does a lot of really cool things. And we're shooting 4K. Uh, so this is going to be a, a real... We're going to be shooting with prime lenses. And we're going to be shooting with the works of the Blackmagic camera 4K. Which is phenomenal. Um, so you have that. Then you have the fact that we're going to be able to get some professional sound people to come in to run professional sound when we get to the actual production. Then you add in the fact that when I wrote this, I wrote this in seven days. And I didn't start writing this until Marianne and I, just when we were getting to know each other, 
we were just, and I do not recall because it was late one night when we were chatting, and one of our conversations veered into where would Kara be 30 years later. And I said, well, I would really love to do a movie of Kara in the future of what she's doing up to now. And she's like, well, out of curiosity, Mr. Morgan, what would you do? And that kind of started it. And I just, off the top of my head, I didn't have anything written down or prepared or well thought out. But to impress her, I really wanted to try and sounded like I I had this grand plan and I didn't. But I just, in the back of my head as a fan, I knew where I would want to see Kara and what I would want to see if there was another film featuring her. And if they weren't able to get Paul Rudd back, obviously. So... I started pitching all these like different scenarios and it was cool. Let's do it. And that's kind of how it started. And it was like, first it was taken as a joke. And then it was like, you serious? Then it was, yeah, hell yeah, I'm serious. You know? And then at that point, the creative juices just started flowing out of me. And I thank her for that. You know, that, that conversation, our friendship spawned something that is, I feel in my heart is going to be probably one of the most special fan installments into the series that's ever been done. My goal as the executive producer, the writer and the director, my goal for the hollow for the Hallowverse is my goal is to set the gold standard for what fan films of any franchise should aspire to be. We want to be the gold standard. We want to be the best, you know, and this is coming directly from me. I'm not speaking for anybody else. That is my goal. I want to pay homage or homage, however you pronounce it. It's right and it's wrong and it's whatever you feel is most comfortable with. But I say homage. I want to pay homage to uh, the character of Kara Strode and I want to paint her in a light that she didn't. She didn't get a chance in another film to have that light shined on her. So I want to do that for her, for that character. And then I want to clean up a lot of the mishaps and the mistakes from Halloween 6. I also want to tie the franchise together. I also want to bring it back to the roots of the original two, which is what we've been trying to get back to since those first two films aired. Now, Halloween 4, you've heard me say on multiple podcasts, was the last good Halloween installment that has been there. We want to be the new Halloween 4. We want to be the second installment that is the last good installment. So, the script was written in seven days. Marianne read it, liked it, and um, I even got light feedback from our friend Dan Farrens. He's wishing us all the luck from afar. He can't be a part of it, unfortunately. But he's happy about it. He's excited. Um, And when you get those two people that, if you listen to their interviews back to back, you'll see that there was this real camaraderie, this real brotherhood and sisterhood, and this real, real organic feeling that this was going to be the best installment in the entire franchise. And then producing hats got involved and studio hats got involved and you had what you had. So 
our goal is to bring it back to what they originally thought and what Donald Pleasance has been quoted on several times, you know, that this will send uh, shivers up your spine. This will, um, this was the best one since the original. This is what we want. And it's going to happen. Me, for, for people that don't know anything about me now, yes, I did do Halloween H30 and H35 that is available back to back on YouTube. It's under the account of Wicked Films. I don't have access to that account anymore. I can't find any information on how to recover that account, but that film is still listed on that account. So you can watch those back to back. Now, I'm going to tell you, H30 was filmed in 2007, late 2007, early 2008. And the technology was still standard definition. It's not great from a production value. We tried to do the best we could with what we had. You watch H35. We shot it for a little under $2,000. And the technology had advanced five years. But you can see that it's night and day difference. You need H30 for the story to set up H35. For you to be able to appreciate H35. But from a production uh, standpoint H35 is is where it's at now if you liked H35 and you watched that and you said man that looked really good well take that and turn the volume way up for this one this one is going to completely blow anything that you liked about those films completely out of the water I want this to look feel and sound like a Hollywood production this will be the fan film of all fan films now again back onto the question why are you just shooting a trailer and you're not shooting the full feature-length film? Well, believe it or not, this is why I'm going to re-air this interview today. There are people out there, lots of people, and I do not understand why if they've been listeners to this podcast for any amount of time, that could listen to the interviews of Dan Farrens and listen to the interviews of Marion Hagen and think for one second that she's not involved. And this, and that I'm just randomly just using her name to promote a fan film. First of all, if that happened, I would lose all credibility, number one. Number two, if I did that without her okay and out without her blessing and her knowledge and her being on 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 board, I could get in a lot of trouble if she really wanted to pursue some legal action. So that right there should erase any doubt that she's involved, but it hasn't. So we're going to we're going to do the trailer. We're going to give you a taste of what we have planned. So we raised enough money to shoot the trailer to a number 1 give you a taste. Number 2 use it for our marketing so that we can get the funds for the feature length film that we're going to shoot hopefully next year. And then number 3 to show the world that Marion Hagen Kara Strode is back. And that there is no deniability that she is in this film. She's going to be the star. This is her movie. This is her story. And that we are going to tell it for her. And I am so excited about it that I can't hardly contain myself. I wake up thinking about it. I think about it all day long when I'm working on masks. I'm thinking about it when I go to bed. When I'm in my meetings, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it all the time. And because I know what the feedback has been on the script. And I know for a fact what it's going to do. Now, here's something really cool. Production team, 
as I already mentioned, all Halloween 6 fans, we have a Halloween 6 returning star. Well, we have a musical composer that is coming on board, and I'm just going to say is a huge Halloween 6 fan and is a well-respected musical artist, composer, that is going to do the score. And I could not be more proud. I'm so excited about that. Now, before we play the interview with Marianne, I want to address the non-Thorn supporters out there. The detractors of the Thorn storyline. I get it. It's a fucking mess. I get it. But we were dealt the hand that we were dealt in Halloween 5. I think 6 did the best that they could to explain it. To come up with a with an explanation for it. I think they did the best they absolutely possibly could. Then again, Studio Hats got involved and then uh, there was too many cooks in the kitchen. And then you ended up with a bumbling, fumbling, stumbling mess. Okay, I get it. I think the whole Thorn storyline, Michael being controlled by a greater power in a rune, I think that that is crazy too. I think the fact that this spiritual baby of Jamie's and the evil being passed from Michael over to Jamie and that's how she got impregnated and etc. etc. I think that's a little whacked. But you can't deny what the original intent for that movie was. It was Rosemary's Baby in a Michael Myers film, which I think is a cool concept. I think what Dan Farrens originally had planned could have been a masterpiece. But unfortunately, the studios got involved, as we all know. So for you Thorn detractors out there, you will be happy to know that in Halloween 9, The Final Curse of Michael Myers, it has nothing to do with Thorn. Thorn's not even mentioned once throughout the entire thing. We are using the characters that were established in 6 and throughout the entire franchise to morph and tell our story. That's what we're doing. So if you take that and you, we go back to the basics of how Halloween 1 and 2 was told. It was built on story and suspense and building and stalking and building and more stalking and setting traps and getting the night ready. Suspense. This is what Halloween 9, The Final Curse of Michael Myers, is going to be all about. And that is where it's going to draw you, you fans in. The Thorn Detractors. So walk into this knowing you don't have to worry about some higher power and some curse that he's possessed by and that he's able to be controlled and that there's some final sacrifice he has to do. No, this, this movie is all about what one, two and four built upon suspense and story and character development. This is going to be the film of all Halloween films for you, the fans. Now, what else can I tell you about it? Really not much right now because I want to keep it all a secret. I would love to tell you everything, but if I told you everything, you would have no reason to see the film. But help us. We, you know, once we get this going, you know, we're going to we're going to launch an Indiegogo. The Indiegogo is going to be out there. You know, help contribute to to that in a way. Help us spread the word. Help us get word around that this movie has a potential to be, to be made with one of the Halloween stars that's returning. And 
Truth be told, there might be two Halloween stars, and that's what I'm going to leave it at. But just know there's potential for two Halloween stars to come back, maybe three. So, I've said too much, but mainly Marion Hagen, Kara Strode, the star of the, of the movie, returning from Halloween 6 to finish telling her story. That is something that any Halloween fan out there, everybody I've talked to, Halloween 6, not a great film, but love the mask, love the cinematography, and I loved Marianne Hagen. Well, if that's the parts that you loved about Halloween 6, then help support her. Help support us. Help make this happen. Now, I'm going to go back to this interview from June 2020. And I'm going to play where we briefly talk. Then it was titled The Curse of Halloween. It still may be. Halloween 9, The Final Curse of Michael Myers is just a working title right now. There's now been two working titles. So it may end up being Halloween, The Revenge of Kara Strode. Who knows? Who knows? It may be Final Curse, a Halloween tale. We don't know. It might be 31st, the final Halloween. We have no clue what it's what it's ultimately going to be. There's going to be so many different names floating around. and We probably won't know until we get the picture locked and loaded and ready to go. But... Bottom line is, we're going to make something special for everybody. So, when are we shooting this trailer before we go to the interview? We're shooting it in September, and uh, I'm flying up to New York. Booked my tickets this morning. Uh, booked my hotel. That's all set and ready to go. And, um, yeah, we're going to be filming for two days. And I come home on the third day. And then it's all getting the trailer ready for everybody to see. And that's going to come out right away so that everybody can understand what we're trying to do. So there you go. Enjoy this interview with Marianne where we talk about The Curse of Halloween, which is also known as Halloween 9, The Final Curse of Michael Myers. This is from June of last year, and we will talk to everybody next week. Have a good one. Marianne, we can feel free to talk about this as much as we want. Uh, Eric, yeah. Ho- Eric Hofer and Chad Rose are in the chat. Yeah. Eric, Eric said, uh, asked, uh, because I know this has probably been asked a lot, but my wife was wondering if you would do another Halloween movie if they asked or wanted you to. Then Chad Rose followed up was, I've always wanted an H- H6 follow-up film. Should should we drop anything during this now since that's being asked or should we wait on that? I think it's uh, as an actor, I'm, I'm really well aware that I am just, you know, a little part of a movie. Um, I don't, I think you as the writer and the director, maybe you want to drop it. Because I, I, you know, I'm just a hired help. Uh, <laughs> well, um, yeah. Well, okay. well, well, well. First Go of all, well, Go well first, for it. no, hang on. First of all, would you ever appear in another Halloween film if if you were asked? That's what Eric did ask, and then we'll address chat. And if okay, you knew okay. the script wasn't going to be changed on you, <laughs> right? right. Uh, you know, um, I don't. I can't 
really quite remember what we discussed. I mean, but Paul and I both signed agreements that we would appear in Halloween 7. And then um, years later, when I ran into him, because, you know, when we shot the movie, it was pre-internet, it was pre-email. And if you wanted to stay in touch with someone, you had to have their phone number. And we kind of just, like, you know, like normal people, like you work on something and then you go away and live your life. And then we ran into each other at some point, our lives intersected a few years later and we were laughing so hard about, <coughs> sorry, okay. I was just, <coughs> you guys, <coughs> pizza went down the wrong way. I'm eating pizza and I'm trying to talk. And I'm so jealous. Um, you got a New York pizza in front of you. <laughs> It sounds delicious, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Oh my god, <laughs> you're killing me, kiddo. <laughs> so anyway, uh, um, and we were like, can you believe that? Like, our agents like fought so hard for our contracts for Halloween Seven, and then they didn't even want us. Can you believe, like, we weren't even invited to the party. And it was just like, wow. But yes, um, I, I, I would do another horror, Halloween horror movie. But, you know, I've yet to be asked. So, you know, well, I, I'm, a girl, I'm a girl and I need to be asked to the prom, you know. Well, there's a certain someone named Chris Morgan from Orlando that asked you to the prom. Mm-hmm. Um, because I did a couple of follow-up sequels to Halloween 6 that you watched. Yep. And then it was at that moment that I said, hey, just a shot in the dark. If I could write a good film. Yep. And then we could do some sort of a, I don't know, crowdfunding type thing to where we could raise enough money to make the fans the producers and give them all the sequel that to Halloween six that we would all want. Would you be interested? And were yep. you interested? You know, I was, I said, yes. And you, you sent me your script. Uh, can I say the title of it? Absolutely. The curse of Halloween. And, um, and it's brilliant. I loved it. And, and I said, I believe I said, yes, of course, of course. Let's do it. Like, you know it, baby. I mean, Chris, I consider you a real friend. Same here. In real life. You know, not on the internet where you just, you know, social media, it's like, oh, I loved you in Halloween 6 and I love that. It's like, (laughs) thanks, whatever. Some people are less appropriate, as we discussed earlier. Um, and I get messages from uh, people who say really horrible, inappropriate things. Um, and that, and the fact that we met over the internet, and now I consider you a dear friend. That's a miracle for me because I don't trust freaking anybody. Okay, at this point. And so, um, I, you know, 
I am, if we can just get past this freaking COVID crisis, Thank I you. mean, this would be a completely different conversation right now, but yeah, you know, we, we, what, we would, we would already uh, be, we would have shot it for Christ's sake. We Excuse either me. shot it, but we at least would have been having a smoked brisket or getting together. We, we, we had plans for all that. Don't and then tease with the barbecue. I, I, I will tease all day long. It's kind of like my middle name. Um, but yeah, those are your pervy, but yeah, for, for all those, if they haven't wrapped their heads around this, Marianne and I are working on putting together a Halloween seven taking place 25, 30 years into the future where Danny has his own family and, you know, she's still very much involved. Um, That's all I'm going to say. Basically what Chris is saying is he wrote the part for me. Kara Strode, we, we, we revisit Kara Strode, who was never revisited. Right. Um, And that's one thing I can sort of take for like, they didn't recast me, which would just be so traumatic as an actor just to be like, oh my God, I was so bad they recast me. Um, But it's it's me, but it's me now. And I'm a 53 year old woman and I don't look hideous, but you know, I don't look like what I looked like when we shot Halloween 6. Marianne, you are your own worst critic. Yeah, I was about to say that. Thank you. Amy. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not fishing for compliments, guys. No, but, but you anyway. are. But you are a beautiful person inside and out. And, and- Marianne, you're a valley girl forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, Something that when when Chris and I first connected back in January, we couldn't have even imagined. But and now here we are. It we're almost in July. And we're still dealing with this. You know, looking back now that we're in a different position than we were six months ago, the one thing is, is you can find blessings in everything. And the one thing I will say is all it did, it might've been a little bit of a postponement, but what we were doing is we were laying the groundwork for a foundational friendship that we wouldn't have been able to do if you were 100%. You know, we would have hit the ground running and we would have been doing interviews. Yes, we would have had a good time. We would have been friends, but we got to really build some really foundational friend friendship there, you know, during uh, that time. Oh, 1000% agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we would have been coming out with the announcement about we're shooting the curse of Halloween and I would have been down in Florida staying at my sister's place. I would have driven up and met you and we would have been figuring out like, okay, you know, like boom, boom, boom. How are we making this work? Where are we going to shoot it? This is how we're going to do it. Blah, 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 blah. And then boom, slam down. Yeah. You know, shelter in place. But uh, see, stay but, at home. You know who? I don't even still understand what is the appropriate term we're supposed to use. There's shelter in place. There's quarantining, and there's um, lockdown. You know, and and we all sort of use those terms interchangeably depending on what state we're living in. But because when what 
Chris, the minute the shelter in place thing went into effect, you know, we had to get my parents back from Florida and, you know, that whole situation. And, um, it was just like, we stopped talking about the future. Yeah, we did. And when we were going to do this, because it became all the unknown. Well, this this is the first time that we've talked about it in three and a half months. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so I mean, that's it, it's hard to believe it's been three and a half months, but it it has. Um, but I remember us texting back and forth, and I told you I. I have this, I was so excited to send that script to you because I was, you know, we were it's just brilliant. We it's were brilliant. just, we were just getting going with the episodes just about to drop. And that is high praise right there. And I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, the, thank the, you, Aaron, for reminding Chris to say thank you after a compliment. No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I get something in my head and I want to get it out before I lose it. Uh, it I, I'm ha- that's happening to me a lot nowadays and it's, it's unfortunate, but um, no, the, the main thing is, is, uh, you know, I wanted to give you something exciting that you didn't get on part six. Like you had a bait and switch. You had Daniel Farron's script. And I'm not saying I'm any Daniel Farron's, but I wanted to pay respect to that original material and give Kara Strode something to sink her teeth into. And that was deep and something that was that that could captivate an audience that could bring Michael back into being scary and Aaron read it and Aaron throw your throw your two cents about it without giving too much away I mean you even said about some of the tone of it well yeah you know I you what are you, I think you sent that to me like around 11 30 at night and I was I was messaging you back at like one thirty in the morning, like not even quite two hours later because I started reading it and I just, I couldn't stop. I started reading it and I was, I was just, I was in it. You know, I was all in, you know, I was, you had me hook, line and sinker from page one. And I just, you know, I was, I was hitting you up. You know, you had messages waiting on you, you know, in messenger the following morning because, you know, I had, I had input and feedback and, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we took it from there and, uh, you know, there's, there's been some, some add on and some extras put in there that just spice. So it up Aaron, are you, nicer. are you going to be one of the producers? Yes, he, he will be. And we sat there as producers and just kind of hashed some of this stuff out. And he started hitting me with some things. Cause I was writing it so fast. And yeah, well, don't worry. Things are going to change. I mean, right. Exactly. We'll- you know, uh, but one one of the things he did is he said that it played out so much like a movie and his girlfriend was reading it to him while he was cooking dinner. And, um, sorry, Aaron, I'm putting words in your mouth. Uh, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, you are absolutely spot on. I just remembered that. That's right. But, but he would, he would say, he would call me up and say, Hey, do you, do you have five minutes? And I'm like, yeah. And he's talking about one of the scenes and he's like, if we could just do this, have you thought about doing it this way? And obviously I'm not going to talk about it because it'll give it away. But then we would sit there like Aaron and I do, and we would just banter. And 
you know, he would argue his side and then I would argue my side. It was discussion, not argument, but we would discuss each side and then why things were happening. And then we would find like a medium ground to where we took both of our basic ideas and we married them in a different way that came out so much better. And then I'm like, I got to write that down. And so then it would, then it would end up getting tweaked or rewritten and put into the script. And then is that, is that in the script you, you sent me? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. So Aaron's input is what I read. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. So, um, in eight days, you know, um, I think one of the message I had waiting for, for me is like, I just finished and correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, but was you wrote this in eight days. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that was it. That was, I think that was my very first question. Like you turned this out in eight days, you know, did you sleep? Yeah. I, I, I you know what? I, I'm, I'm now gobsmacked because I thought this was a script that you had been sort of ruminating about and working on oh, I for have. a long time. No, eight days. I, all right. All right. Well, let's bow down to Chris Morgan right now. That's insane. Please don't. Please don't. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, I mean, <laughs> don't no, that's, swell that that's, head up anymore. That's amazing. <laughs> Are there any. Uh, like, is there any other questions that people like yes. calling in have? Yeah, I'm seeing stuff at the bottom of my screen. Um, we need this film. Um, it's just like showing up. Yeah, Chris so- knows that I'm 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 technically really bad. Um, I'm sort of a luddite, which if you don't know that term, it's someone who's like suspicious of technology and it doesn't trust it nothing wrong with a lot of people yeah, a lot of a lot of people say um for years i said i'm a luddite and then i actually looked it up in the dictionary and i saw the pronunciation and luddite is the proper pronunciation but it's someone and it's it's you know been for over a century and it actually was a term used during the industrial revolution um, which meant that you were someone who was not on board with all of these changes that are happening, you know. So uh, I've always been slow to the table and and late to the party, uh, to use two metaphors, um, about technology. But I, I'm now kind of, uh, I'm a little bit on board. Um, but okay, so now my screen is changing. Someone wants to ask me a question. Yeah. So what we're going to do at this moment, anybody who wants to speak, um, I will have to unmute you. You can ask your question. Um, Marianne, you can answer and they can talk directly to you if that's okay. Uh, That's perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Hannah wants to talk to you. So I'm going to unmute her. And Hi, Hannah. Oh, my God. I love you so much for there what you, you said. She's unmuted. She should be. Uh, hey, is I'm, that better? I'm, that's better. There you go. Hi. Oh, I'm here. Hi. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm just, this is really exciting that I'm, be, uh, I'm, I'm able to talk to you. So, yeah, I definitely have a, a really interesting question. Um, so, 
just, you know, the scene where you guys, where they cut out the electricity and you had to go find Danny in the dark house. Did you actually push George P. Wilbur down the stairs? <laughs> I never um, did. Wait. Oh, oh, down in the house, down the stairs. I'm yeah. sorry. Sweet. I, I was thinking like outside the house when I was pounding on the door. Um, yeah. It wasn't like a real push. And actually George Wilbur, who played Michael Myers in the, the, you know, the original shoot that was five weeks long in Salt Lake City, Utah. And George Wilbur is just an amazing human being. He's a stunt man. He's just a good person. He's, you know, all of the people who know about Halloween movies know that he's played the shape in several of them. I never pushed him really down the stairs. He made it look like I was really pushing him. Like I would like kind of shove my arms forward and then he would like, like, shoot back like art you know like and fall down the stairs uh, yeah because um, it looked really good i was like whoa <laughs> wow <laughs> you know you know what hannah the great unsung heroes of not just horror movies but all movies are stunt people <coughs> i'm sorry i just have a tickle in my throat um because the woman who played my stunt double where I'm supposed to go out the window where, mm -hmm. you know, Mrs. Blankenship is like, hello. Yeah, Jennifer. yeah, that was a crazy scene. I was like, did she really do that? <laughs> so, well, I mean, Hannah, let me just tell you something. My own mother said to me, Oh, Marzi, that's my nickname, you know, Mare or Marzi, not Marianne. You know, people who know me call me Mare or Marzi. Oh, Marzi, my favorite <laughs> scene in the whole movie is when you go flying out the window. Oh, wow. And I, said, and I said, yeah, but mom, that wasn't me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, see. And that's another that thing, because some, some people do their stunts, some people do their own stunts, and then some are like, well, I'd rather have a stunt double. So, I mean, yeah, I guess that would be interesting to know, too, so. Well, a, a scene like that, where you have to go out a second-story window and land on, like, a gym mat, the insurance, like, they won't allow actors to do that kind of stunt. Like, I've been in Law and & Orders and other things that I've done in my life where I ha have done my own stunts. Um, mm -hmm. But that kind of stunt is, it needs a real professional. And um, I I'm actually super embarrassed right now that I don't know the name of the, the woman who was my stunt double, but she was only on set for like half a day and I barely met her, but they put a red wig on her and put her in my costume and she went out the window and I was like, this is never going to match. It's never going to match. Her hair is not the same color red mm -hmm. as my hair and blah, blah, blah. And I've watched the movie so many times, as you might imagine. And every time I'm like, oh my God, that looks like me. That's perfect. Yeah, it did. Yeah. They did well with that.
I'll tell you this uh, b- before you dropped it on the podcast that 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 was a stunt double. I assumed that was you. So they did, yeah, I did uh, too. Yeah. So great job. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm always game to do. Um, here's just you know a little tidbit. Uh, in the reshoots, and the scene is in the theatrical theatrical cut. Uh, it was like, you know, as I've told you, Chris, like two o'clock in the freaking morning where decisions were being made and no one was, you know, no one was there. You couldn't contact anyone to say, help, help, H-E-L-P-S-O-S, right? <laughs> the scene where Michael Myers is strangling me, um, and on the, you know, chemistry tape, like, you know... And- Inside the spaceship. On the spaceship. By the way, that just, I love that so much. I'm calling it the spaceship from now on. (laughs) Um, But I always try to explain, like, it's, you know, it's like where it looks like a chemistry lab. And it's like, well, so I'm on the table, the chemistry lab table, like, you know, uh, freshman year chemistry in high school, you're on the lab table. So I'm on the lab table, Mike Myers is strangling me. and my, I think, being choked. And then you I- You were so I, convincing in that scene too, Mary. And I like was literally holding my breath. Hey, and I was about ready to scream, let her go! <laughs> hey, by the way, Aaron, I think, I think so too. Like when I've caught <laughs> the movie in latter years, I watch it and I'm like, damn. I, I really believe. Like my veins were bulging out of my neck. But anyway- I then had to roll over off of the the chemistry table and just go plump on, and they put like this like rubber mat down, and I was just like, you know what? No, you know what? We can't just like let me do it. Let me do it. We can't take the time. We can't. I'll roll over. I'll fall on this mat. I don't care. We just need to get on with it. We need to get this movie like done and shot and over. And they're like, okay. And so <laughs> they shoot it. I'm being strangled, allegedly. I'm seeking being strangled. And then we had to shoot like, I just, I'm so out of it from being strangled that I just roll over and I go, call plunk on this little rubber mat that they put by it. But it's just when you, this is what's insane. When you look back on that, that is so crazy. That would never happen on a film set. They would never allow an actor to be put in that sort of of physical jeopardy. That's why they have stunt people who get paid a pretty penny to do what they do. And they deserve it because they often end up, much like football players or any professional athlete, they end up later in life having a lot of injuries from stunts that go wrong. And they end up in chronic pain and disability. And they need to be paid for it. But that that is a perfect example of how that set was out of control. 
at that, at that, those days of reshoots were crazy. If I got injured doing that, I could have sued them so hard and so badly, but I didn't, but you know, because I, I was, I, 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 I was a gymnast and I was an athlete in my youth. So, I mean, I, I was fine, but anyway, I go on. Well, that's, that's really Hi, awesome. Is anyone there? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all right just, here. you know, just, just like the, the nights that we stayed up late and I just was quiet and listening to you talk. Like I've said many times, we can all just listen to you talk for hours and it's, it's great. So yeah, exactly. you paint, you paint, <laughs> you paint such vivid pictures for us to imagine and like, like we're able to be there with you. So that's why we get quiet. I, okay. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for answering my question. Hannah, thank you so much for listening and thank you for understanding why I wasn't going to get naked in front of these people. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm so glad you stood up for yourself because it's like, yeah, it's and this really is hard, you know? And sweetheart, this was before me too. We're talking 25 years before me too. There was no support. Oh yeah. For mm-hmm. me on the set, it was like she's being a Debbie Downer. She's being a prude. <laughs> I mean, Daniel understood, of course, but the the powers that be were irritated with me, and I had to protect myself because I knew once that was filmed on celluloid, whether it made it into the movie or not, that would be out there for the rest of my life. And I just could not bear the fact that my parents would, would know that I was naked on screen or nude on screen. And I just, I stood my ground and I, um, they didn't like, thank you. Thank you. Well, um, I understand that, uh, Mr. Weinstein was upset, but who cares? He's in jail. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Bob, Bob Weinstein. Yeah, Bob Weinstein. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. But it's just uh, like I, I, I tried to reiterate with Hannah. This was long before hashtag Me Too. I mean, that's why I tried to explain Mariah O'Brien. I mean, she was the one who had to do the nudity in the movie. And that was like a, a given. And mm-hmm. she talks about, you can just, you know, Google it and see it, you know, on YouTube. She talks about how it was such a, a, a deep negotiation, but when it came down to it, there was all sorts of issues with camera angle and this and that. And Mariah was raised a hippie child and and this i'm not telling you anything you don't already know you can just google her interview on youtube with a, a lot of different outlets she she said this is bullshit let's just get this going and she ripped off her shirt and she just said just you can shoot both of my boobs stop negotiating about how you're <laughs> going to set up the camera to only shoot one of my boobs because that was in her contract. You can only shoot one 
side angle of one boob for so many seconds. You just don't understand how much the back and forth negotiations go into something as simple as a nudity contract. But it is, you know, to protect the actress. And she was finally like, you know what? This is like crazy. This is bullshit. I was not on the set that night. I was back at the hotel, but she told me about it the next day and we were howling. And, and she just, like, I just finally just ripped off my freaking t-shirt and just said, you know what, guys? Just shoot my tits. I don't care. Stop talking about what angle you're going to shoot to do one boob instead of the other, you know, and those were like the fun stories of, you know, being on a set. Mm-hmm. I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but I'm kind of surprised in a way that there's a per boobage pay scale. <laughs> can you no? Can you believe it? It's true. They they actually you actually it's because it's considered quote unquote more classy if they can shoot from the side and show the silhouette of or, or the side angle of one breast of a woman um, rather than full frontal nudity, which, you know, in uh, there's just different payments according to the union and all these things. And her agent had actually negotiated something to sort of protect her from being exploited and there she is on a set at two o'clock in the morning um and no one's there to sort of support her because it was a night shoot you know and she was just like can we just get this over with i don't care because she was raised a hippie and so she she was like i didn't care i was like why are you like going back and forth about the camera angle and all this stuff I, I don't care. Just, I mean, rip, just shoot it. Shoot it. Whatever you get, you get. Watch then, out for the boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Um, Hannah, do you have anything else? Uh, I know that um, Matt Gross wanted to call in. and. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. On Instagram at Halloween Unleashed. And on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.